Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester. Arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch, from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to Worcester Culture Watch on Telegram.com. I'm Victor Infante, Entertainment Editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Later on in the program, I'll be talking to reporter Richard Duckett, but first I'm here with reporter Mark Sullivan. Hi, Mark. Hi, Victor. How are you? Good. Now, of course, you're not one of the reporters that's usually at us. You're on the news side over there doing the hard stuff. I'm one of the unusual reporters. One of the unusual reporters. I work with Craig Seaman. You're not one of the unusual. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. No, no, no. Sorry, Craig. Uh, now, um, Mark's read a pair of stories about the controversies surrounding Grammy-nominated Worcester rapper Joyner Lucas's new music video, Devil's Work. Now, just really quick, get us, catch us up to speed with the basics of what happened. Sure. Uh, uh, Worcester rapper Joyner Lucas uh, came out with a new video uh, last week that's had about six and a half million hits uh, on YouTube, I yep. think, as of yesterday, uh, it, uh, in which he uh, basically uh, engages in a dialogue with, uh, uh, with God and asks why uh, certain uh, rappers and other African-American icons have been taken while other people are still here. And so it's kind of a creed occur or whatever uh, uh, sort of a you know a why why some are people are taken why other folks are, are not um, and he, you know, he's having a dialogue now the dialogue he's having with God uh, perhaps I guess unsurprisingly for those of you who rap music videos tends to be is rather profane uh, and is uh, uh, he uh, uh, you know is, is drinking from a bottle of uh, uh, liquor and he's holding a Bible and he's crying out to, to God and he's uh, and he's doing it in, in a four-letter way um, now you know, as far as in the convention of that genre, that's not unusual. And I actually found it very powerful, and personally. So, and so, what's unusual as is, a that, is that he shot is that uh, is that it it, uh, it was filmed or shot in um, St. Peter's uh, Church on Maine South, um, which was interesting to note. Uh, the, the 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 video sort of took on a, a side life of its own because in the video he's he's calling on he's asking God why uh, certain uh, uh, bleeping other people haven't been taken. <laughs> Such as the bleeping president, and and such as the right wing commentators, such as Laura Ingram and Tommy Laren, who is a Fox News reporter and who he calls hoes or, or, or whores. Uh, and uh, uh, so Tommy Laren jumped in on Twitter last yes, week uh, and uh, said, "Oh, so you're you know saying that I deserve to die? This is disgusting." And so it takes off from there in the social media uh, context. So so that's the story had a life, and then we decided to look at. Hey, how, how did this happen to get shot in St. Peter's Church in the first place? Exactly, and that's a fair question. Now, Joyner lives in Worcester. He yeah. has he's he's been on the road a lot for the past few years with his success. But he does live here. He shoots all of his videos here, or at least most of his videos here that I can recall, including one or two at South High. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is, of course, for those who are unfamiliar with the work of Joyner Lucas, um, he came to attention pretty early in his career, but. Um, with first with a mixtape from Atlantic Records called 508, which 
got a lot of buzz and fan support, and of course, which I reviewed very favorably, um, personally. Um, he then exploded with a video for a song called I'm Not Racist, which was like kind of like this was everywhere. He, the man has a knack mm-hmm. for... Mm-hmm. Um, funnily enough, in most of his videos, both that I'm Not Racist and um, the one he shot with, at South High with Chris Brown, he himself does not actually appear in most of his videos. That's actually a, very much a rare, rarity. In fact, all these people who saw I'm Not Racist, most of them thought Worcester rapper Ralph Way, who appears in the video, was him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm sure Ralph gets stuck, on the, yeah. gets stuck on the street or whatever. Yeah. Um, Ralph, of course, is a fantastic rapper. Uh, but yeah, there's this. so there's a lot of things here artistically which I find interesting. Mm-hmm. I find, as a critic, I found the idea that he, for once, was himself in his video, mm-hmm. that he did not have somebody else stand in for him, mm. and that okay. he was in a church that's in his neighborhood. Yep. You know, that, that's personal. He's had yep. some involvement. He has appeared in their church newsletter. I've, I've, it's oh, online. yes. Although, although one, and, and here this sort of speaks to the, uh, the heart of the, um, some of the observations locally, is that he is not a parishioner of St. Saint, uh, Peter's, no. uh, and uh, went in, and, and the way... It was represented apparently to the to the pastor Monsignor Scollin, uh, who apparently was away on vacation and came back uh, to in the midst of uh, you know a kerfuffle. Uh, but uh, Monsignor Scollin is very widely beloved in, in the main yes, South neighborhood, and St. Peter's is a very active uh, 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 has a very active immigrant community. It's very mm-hmm. largely you know the place is packed for the the Spanish language masses. It has an African uh, mission. Yeah. Uh, a ministry that's very active. He does a lot of work in the community. So when I, I he was away, but when the parish was approached by the 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 video uh, oh, shooting so team, there was even a the, layer uh, of removal that I wasn't aware. Uh, of. There was. He was away, and the parish was approached, and it was presented to him. You know, uh, even though he wasn't there and didn't set up the scheduling, is that it was going to be about? Well, here's a rapper who shot at Maine South. Uh, he's going to be uh, talking about lives lost in Maine South. And I want to put uh, a pin and, in that uh, point because I do want to yeah, get back. That's to it. right. He's, uh, this is what the uh, Monsignor. Scotland has said it was his understanding was that uh, 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 that it was going to be about Maine South. The the rapper was going to be talking with God about why you know do you take people away having a you know a dialogue uh, and uh, and so that's what he thought it was and so he he said okay and then but he hadn't seen the the video when we talked to him this past Monday uh, and when he came to realize the actual form that the video took with the the language and the swigging of Hennessy's uh, in the and the pews but also mainly um, you know asking God why don't you take uh, uh, the president with a picture on his uh, on a funeral beer and why don't you take these hose uh, uh, funeral he, beer? He, that's what it's called? I believe we were trying to find. Beer. I was trying to find the word of what that was called I when I was writing so. my review. I think I can't see the coffin word, but I think that was the, what was it was meant to be represented. I couldn't find from out. What I, I couldn't find out what beer. that word was. Yes, a funeral beer. Okay, but I the, learned something. Uh, and so uh, the thing is, as we. Um, as we know, if you follow Worcester, you know that uh, um, uh, the, the the care and, and uh, uh, the the care of old and historic Catholic churches has been very much in the news. And for example, yep. Mount Carmel is uh, what happens to the former, the, the now closed church. Mount Carmel has been at issue, as you know, um, when it was decided to close Mount Carmel, merge it, and then sell the property. It was, the bishop gave orders for it to be changed from sacred to profane use, uh, which means that it is no longer a holy place. It's been de- 
deconsecrated, desacralized. Okay. There's a, there are notions of, of sacred space here that apply, particularly in terms of Catholic churches, but in other spaces, um, which is why uh, if you go to St. Paul's Cathedral, you see where the dean uh, actually some years back actually hung placards in the lobby um, in, uh, advising people on what uh, on decorum, what to wear, what not to wear, certain modes of dress that are encouraged or not encouraged. I guess he had said that you're not going to turn anyone away, but there's ways you should behave within the within the church. And so I, I went and dug up uh, canon law. And under Catholic Church law, it says, all those responsible are to take care that in churches such cleanliness and beauty are preserved as befit a house of God, and that whatever is inappropriate to the holiness of the place is excluded. Um, so uh, I, there, are, there, are, I, there are notions, I guess there are notions of sacred space. That I'm and and, I, and I, I appreciate that, actually. I've, I've, this has actually been educational on that point, because yep. I don't think most people would have known it was that. Right. That I think, and... I have not had an opportunity to speak with Joyner about any of this, so I don't want to pre- pre- pretend to know his mind. Mm-hmm. But as a critic, I sincerely doubt he knew all that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I, I sincere, well, he does have a penchant for controversy and has, right. he knows how to kick up attention. Um, in a lot of ways, I actually found this to be his most compelling video. Mm. Which is yeah. which is different, and I have to speak as a critic now. We've yeah. we've we have now dedicated four articles in the paper yeah, <laughs> to yeah. this yeah. <laughs> this video, which is more than we did for "I'm Not Racist." Mm-hmm. Um, we think we did three on that or something. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what's, anyway, what's well, interesting is that to, is to look. I mean, we talked to some interfaith folks, folks from other denominations, yeah. who also weighed in and all and and. The ones we talked to last night, which were a Jewish rabbi, a representative of the Islamic uh, Center, and two different Orthodox mm-hmm. uh, 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 priests, uh, who all were uh, uniform in feeling badly for uh, Monsignor Scollin, because the feeling is is that it, this was misrepresented to him, that the space was used in a way that he wouldn't have allowed, and that it was really represented a, a trespassing not only on sacred space, but on the hospitality. I kind of feel the, like that's a bit of an overstatement, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, now I'm going to get back to that pin. Yeah. Because we, you say that it feels it was supposed to be about Maine South and why God takes some people, not others. Yeah. That's exactly what I got out of it. Mm-hmm. That was what I got. That's practically my review, which was mm-hmm. written. And I yeah. literally wrote my review an hour after it came out. And then mm-hmm. it came out. The, it was printed the following Sunday. Yeah. So <laughs> it was written before right. all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I really um, and forgive me. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever lost somebody to violence suddenly? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. there's a very particular feeling. Mm-hmm. That comes with that. I have multiple, yeah. mm-hmm. and it is this sudden lashing of of anger and grief. And there's this tinge, and those get caught pretty well in art usually. Mm-hmm. But there's this tinge of bargaining that happens with it too. And I've not ever really seen that portrayed in a work of popular art. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. seen it in cinema, but not not in music. So. As a critic and as somebody who is familiar with that sort of violence, right. th- I found that absolutely yeah. fascinating. I found that hypnotic yeah. Yeah. in a way that I don't always find Jordan. I find Jordan uh, is a brilliant technician. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the pyromancy of, of his work. Yeah. Um, but that was, I found, was the most personal. Mm-hmm. So as a critic, yeah. right. and as somebody who's familiar with Jordan from Maine South, mm-hmm. I 
said, I, I, I find I, I have to shrug a little bit at the, when people say, well, this is how representative. Now, they might not have, they might have had different conceptions of what he was saying when he was saying that, but that's, I hear that, and that's exactly what he got. Sure. Especially yeah, no, when the yeah. song boils down to that yeah. last powerful bit, my, why are my man's gone? Yeah. That, that, that for me was heartbreaking. Yeah, and no, and I think it's a very, you, you bring up a perspective and no doubt that is what is he was aiming at. I guess the folks who would criticize the use of venue is, is that they would say that the, that, a, that the a Catholic church is not a soundstage and it's not a, uh, it's not a, it's yeah, not a, fair, a, and that's a fair point. Yeah, no, I mean, there, uh, you know what? And if, if uh, I guess they would say that if he wanted to portray this, uh, uh, this dramatic dialogue into these feelings, that there are many ways that that which could be done could be done without necessarily doing it. In other words, a lot of folks, are, a lot of folks who uh, who are very upset about what is happening to former church buildings uh, in Worcester and wanting to save them, it would be interesting to hear what, how they feel about what can be seen as profaning a, a, an actual act of church, uh, you know, that is still with us. Uh, and folks who looked at uh, what was done here see it as. An inappropriate use of the space. So I guess, and I think a that's a fair. I think that's a fair perspective. Yeah. Now, I wh- whether it was intentional, I don't. I, right. I, I sort of. We haven't. It. But the thing but, is, we haven't heard. Yeah. I, I haven't. When yes. I reached out, I have not heard back from his management team. I don't know. Yeah. Whether or not He's, he feels uh, badly for uh, Monsignor Scollin, who, God love him, has been uh, been looking pretty besieged when WHDH and WBZ and all the other stations have shown up to uh, uh, interview him this week. Because, uh, frankly, he's a very um, when I saw him and uh, asked him about it on Monday, he had just finished saying five o'clock mass in the lower church for a handful of uh, women and was leading them in Marian prayers and you know invoking the Blessed Virgin. And he clearly is a very devout. Uh, of uh, course. And, I, and I, he had just he does he says I I like folk music. I don't know anything about rap music. <laughs> and he seemed and he's he's been looking. He's been a bit besieged. So uh, one wonders if. Uh, the uh, Mr. Lucas, if he had an opportunity to speak to Fa- uh, Father Scollin, uh, whether or not uh, you know he, you know, they might have an interesting. Dialogue. I think that would Maybe. be an interesting conversation. I think it would be probably a more interesting conversation than the one he'll have with Tommy Lauren. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I, 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 you know, and I do want to speak to the last point. I think. Yeah. Well, there's actually with those people. A lot of people interpreted that as a literal call for these people to die. And mm. I don't feel that Sog supports that. Mm. I don't think as a, I think it, it is a, literally bargaining. Why do you take this person and not that person? Right. Yeah. And it's it is actually it's kind of structured irrationally. Mind you, mm. everybody talks about those three people. Mm-hmm. You know, the the president and Tommy yeah. Lahren and Laura Ingram. Yeah. And it's funny because you know, especially Laura Ingram, who went off on like yeah. was ridiculed rapper Nipsey Hussle the day the day after yeah. he died on mm-hmm. the right. Fox News for five straight minutes. Yeah. You know, this is a man who was right. a great community leader, brought, you know, helped bring businesses to a very yeah. poor part of Los Angeles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, obviously, person, somebody I care very deeply about, actually. Um, but, yeah, so whatever their opinion. But it's just funny. Nobody's complaining that he was talking about R. Kelly or Martin Scarelli mm. <laughs> or Suge Knight. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, just, I would I personally. I was, well, I was actually Eric Holder, James Roof. I don't know. I was. I was. Curious, Roof. Well, I was wondering why he was asking that. Uh, why he actually had Michael Jackson down as one. That of was, the and that's guys. a good. That was a. That was actually so, the first controversy before any of this. So it's rather up. subjective, isn't it? it is, and I think good, that's the point. Bad. I think that's. I think that is a bit of the point because I don't think it's an accident. Accident that on the callout card mm-hmm. for the video is the Michael Jackson frame. 
Yeah, which he's, is, he which, is, he is quoting so, which Once again, you know what, and that's where I think many, I think theologians and, and Catholic priests and Monsignor Scholar would probably invite this uh, uh, very type of dialogue and, and questioning. Why? Because, you know, sure, that's, it's very appropriate. It's just uh, uh, perhaps uh, one would say in a different setting. Just as if you go to a funeral mass, they even have rules about which songs you can play at funerals uh, yep. uh, now. You know, can you have popular or does it have to be sacred? That's the thing. So it's just, that's the question, is the setting, I think. And I think that's a fair question, and I I don't want that to get lost otherwise in that. But anyways, I think, is there anything else that we should add to this? Uh, I think this has been a great discussion. I know of it. It's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting and fascinating story. It is. And I, and uh, again, as a, as a critic, as a music critic, and as somebody who's well-versed in both Joyner's work and in hip hop and contemporary hip hop. I got to say, I still think that's a great piece of art, even for all the kerfuffles. So will we be doing Gregorian chant next week? Um, I have done Gregorian chants. Actually, I have reviewed Excellent. a great album. Of Gre- I did a capsule review in another another paper when I back when I was a rock journalist. There you go. Excellent. Oh goodness gracious! Okay, we'll be back in a moment. But right now, this is "Catch My Breath" by singer songwriter Chris Crash.
And we're back. You have been listening to Catch My Breath by Chris Kaz. I mispronounced that earlier. I apologize. Keep an eye out for him, both solo with the band Velcro Soul. Now, I'm here with reporter Richard Duckett. Hi, Richard. Hi, Victor. And we're going to change gears a little bit. Richard, tell us what's going on in the theater world. Well, um, we've got two new theater companies um, on the scene, and both their shows are coming right up. First of all, we have uh, Heart Forward, which I guess we, we should call them a theater performance company. Okay, and, yes. And uh, they've got uh, a one-woman show called uh, Walking Toward America opening up for their first um, production. And um, mm-hmm. they're going to be performances May 10th at Notre Dame Academy. And the, then on May 18th, There'll be two performances at um, Worcester Academy. And then um, Studio Theatre of Worcester is another new group that's starting up. And they're going to be doing the comedy, The Complete Works of Shakespeare Abridged. I love that show. Which is uh, all of Shakespeare's 37 plays in 90 90 minutes. Including the sonnets. Yeah, and and the sonnets, yeah. And um, they're going to be performing at... Uh, uh, on May 17th, 18th, uh, 23rd, and 24th at Greendale Church in Worcester. So um, that's an interesting development. Uh, we haven't seen a, a new theater group here in a while. Um, but uh, over the years, one has seen theater companies spring up uh, and come and, uh, and go. Indeed. And it's a hard thing to sustain, especially when you don't have a permanent residence, which very few theater companies really do these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, over the years, I remember there was a group called uh, Long Live Theater. And, uh, oh, okay. But they didn't, they didn't last very long. <laughs> so, I mean, they were good, yeah, unfortunately. But they didn't. I mean, it's unfortunate, but, uh, but but they faded so quickly. So yeah, it is hard. Um, it's hard to get a, get a performance space. Um, usually, the work falls on one or two people, and um, it, can, it can be very hard to uh, uh, set up everything, um, put it on, get people in. Sometimes groups that get disheartened uh, if the initial couple of shows that they put on get poor attendance. Exactly. Um, so. Uh, on the other hand, there is some good theater already around and well-established. Um, you have um, Pilgrim Soul Productions, which uh, has, a, has an interesting new comedy drama opening up, uh, Six Dances in Six Weeks. That's opening up uh, the weekend we're speaking about um, uh, and the following weekend at, um, at the White Inn um, uh, theater in, in Whitensville, um, the Sing Performance Center to give it its proper name. Um, then, of course, there's um, Fourth Wall Stage Company, mm-hmm. um, which actually merged with um, um, American Classic Theater in 2013, and uh, and Fourth Wall has been doing lots of interesting productions. Um, then Worcester County Light Opera Company has been going for well over 60 to 70 years. And uh, I think one of the reasons for, for their longevity is that they have a home. They have they a ha- space. They have yes. a house, you know, at 21 Grandview Avenue. Indeed. And, uh, and they can put on their, their shows there. And that, that is a big use. Now, it's, we have talked in the past, many times actually, um, about how whether Worcester needs a new uh, community theater um, 
sort of in the vein of Foothills, uh, as separate from Worcester County Light Opera Company and the big shows that come to the Hanover, the touring Broadway shows. And, you know, and there's been some hope with the Black Box Theater, and we, we don't know where that is at the moment. Well, uh, those are two different things, I think. Uh, you see, Worcester Foothills was a professional theater company. Fair. Uh, you know, it was an equity theater company that produced its own plays and um, was full-time. You know, it, it put on seven shows during a season and also had summer offerings, children's theater. Um, I think with the black box space, we're talking about a space that lots of different groups mm. in the community could um, perhaps uh, utilize. Um, uh, that's that's one idea. Um, I know that it's in the works. Uh, it takes time, however, for these things to come for, to fruition, to get money. To um, people, people ask me why that hasn't happened yet, and I point to the Anthem Bagels on on Kelly Square that's been opening for months and months and months, or I think like over a year now. And it's like it, these things don't happen immediately; they're long processes yeah, it's, usually. It's, it's easier said than done. Exactly. You know, so in a city where things are popping up all the time lately and you know, some things are now starting to go away, I think people, I think there's a certain amount of magical thinking that goes into people's expectations about those things. Yeah. I know there's been some with that theater, that that abandoned theater on, um, what is that, Pleasant Street? I forget what it's called. Yeah, well, they had different names over the years. I mean, I think it's last... We better not talk about what it was um, in its final years. Well, I think it was called the Art Theatre, but uh, ah yes, but uh, it, was, it was a different art than um, <laughs> than some people might. Uh, art might is in the eyes of the with. beholder. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, those whatever's going to happen to that space, um, the plans um, are in its infancy, and so um, yeah, and all sorts. Of, Good, good things could happen there, but I think it's going to take some time. Well, that's the thing. It's like, on the one hand, the pragmatist in me says, well, that's a lot of work on the reclamation that happened there. I've seen photos of the inside and such, and I've heard from people that have toured it. Then the other side of me says, you know what? Everything starts with a sort of dream of, of something, something happening. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't be so cynical. No, well, you never know. I mean, um, a few years ago, people... I remember when um, people were talking about what would become the Hanover Theatre, but that seemed a bit of a pipe dream. Uh, so um, I know there was this big hole in the back, and there's the whole, you know, yeah. homeless people were living in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, actually, I remember the same thing about Union Station. Tell the truth. Yeah, yeah. So you, so you never know. Um, there are existing spaces. Um, uh, Venues I just was just talking about for the, the two new theater companies. Um, there are there are spaces that are quite accommodating to people. They are willing to have them there, but um, there's no place like home. No, and I think I think there's a noticeable difference when a theater company has a permanent home or semi permanent home, even if they're sharing it. Right. This right. is this is where they put on productions. Uh, is there anything else going on? That well, um, so those are two new theater companies. Um, there's a new musical opening uh, at the American Repertory Theatre in Cambridge, and it's written by, and there are some local connections with this. Um, Daniel and Patrick Lazur uh, grew up in Boylston, 
and as as teenagers, uh, they put on a couple of uh, musicals at Calliope Productions Theatre in Boylston, oh. and uh, um, I think I wrote one story about them, you know, ten years ago, saying, "Oh well, maybe Lazur and Lazur will be <laughs> become famous as uh, Rogers and Hammerstein." Well, that was just a light-hearted comment, but maybe it might That's, be true. And, and now that is a ver- that that ver- that venue down there in Cambridge is an excellent space. It's one of the um, yeah the ART is one of the ten most prestigious and top ten uh, regional theaters in the country according to many polls and, and so uh, opening there is, is is really is really very impressive. The musical is called We Live in Cairo and it's set in the Arab Spring of two thousand and eleven and. Follows fascinating. Six, follows six students um, who take to Tahrir Square to demand the overthrow of President Hosni Mubarak, and then follows them uh, as spring turned subsequently to despair, with um, ultimately the um, military staging a coup in 2013. What a fascinating subject for a musical. Yes, and um, the brothers... Um, have been at work on this for some time now. They got a, drama- a Dramatist Guild grant, which isn't easy to come by, to work on it in New York City. Um, it's been through numerous uh, revisions. They went to Cairo, actually, to the American University of Cairo to workshop the musical. I've been there. Uh, really? Yeah, uh, I went to a Model UN conference there. That's interesting. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I was well. That's interesting. I, that. I, I was surprised that they were able to sort of um, workshop their musical in Cairo, but uh, but I was told that um, the university is a safe place. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't be able to do that anywhere else in Cairo. It was fascinating. Uh, just sidebar for a sec, because when I was there, it was during Ramadan, so most of the city was shut down during the day. Mm-hmm. But since the it was an international campus, it was one of the very few places you could actually get something to eat. <laughs> during the day if you weren't Muslim. So that was the, the only other place in Cairo, at least downtown Cairo, that was open was a KFC off Tahir Square. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sidebar. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's okay. So, um, yeah, the musical opens for um, previews on May 18th, on May 14th, I should say, and it has a pretty long run. Um through to uh, June twenty third. That is a, that is a that's a good run. In, size fa- run. in fact, the the run has, been, has already been extended to June twenty third. So, so there is buzz about so this show. Yeah, there's anticipation. There's going to be um, uh, a, after following some performances, there'll be talkbacks with um, various Middle Eastern experts. Oh, and. Should should note that um, shows that appear at ART have been known to go on to Broadway. In fact, a couple have recently. Um, and Jagged Little Pill, which um, uh, was at ART earlier this season, is is heading to Broadway uh, next season. So um, lots of things in the works for the, the Lazur brothers, and they're already working on their next musical, which is about chemotherapy treatments in the 1950s and 60s. They choose those upbeat, lighthearted subjects. <laughs> they, they have uh, very creative minds. They, uh, they really do. These are Those first shows at Calliope, uh, the first one touched on um, the Depression. So um, they're very... Uh, 
a very socially uh, engaged um, writers and, and, and composers. And I think and that this might be the theme of our entire podcast, starting with Joyner Lucas and hip-hop at the beginning. I think there's, there is something for an artist to be, be above normal, to do better. They do have to reach for very hard subjects sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, we, we to push boundaries. That's the light. Yeah, looking on. Yeah, yeah, and um, all, all three that we've been talking about do in some way or another. Uh, I know that Heart Forward to go back to what we were to what what, what we started with. Um, they describe themselves as as a revolution with every project. You know, they really are looking to. Um, perform in unconventional spaces, do unconventional things um, with future productions. Um, and, they're, and they're really um, motivated to be involved with the Worcester community. So, so it'll be interesting to follow their progress. And certainly um, Studio Theatre of Worcester also has um, uh, declared its mission, which is, which is to um, be actively involved in the Worcester community with... Um, new productions as well as um, the production that they're starting with, which I, I think is as an audience-friendly way of uh, introducing themselves to people. It's a fairly exciting time for theatre in Worcester then. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, there's always been a lot going on here. I mean, there are feasts and famines. Of course. Um, but not so long ago, for some people, um, you had Worcester Foothills Theatre going strong. You had Worcester Forum Theatre um, also putting on perhaps uh, smaller shows, but um, very challenging productions, original works um, in their space on Chatham Street. And um, both of those were gone within, a, within the course of a, a couple of years, leaving a void. But, um, but, but others have come and gone to try to pick up the pieces, and now we've got two more trying. So hopefully we will be seeing much much more from them in the future are we is there anything else we should be going over uh, i think that's about it for one for this session all right you have been listening to worcester culture watch for more read our arts and entertainment coverage in the worcester telegram and gazette and online at telegram.com as always our music was composed by dj manipulator thanks and we'll be back next week Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.